Greetings and salutations. Coming at you today in the shadow of the supermoon. You know I love that one. Why is it super? Because it falls twice in a Gregorian calendar date. An inserted unnatural calendar. But anyway, the moon's the moon. It's going to keep its cycle going regardless of being super or not. So yay. Anywho, I was thinking, you know, what to talk of. I love the podcast format. It's kind of like what we used to do in the old days, just without the picture. <laughs> anyway, I like doing it. The irregularity I'm not thrilled with. I just, I'm trying my best to stay away from AI and just the screen and being so involved. I find it really takes me out, of, so to speak. And I want to be in. <laughs> Anywho, I'm going to get onto these podcasts to be more of a regular thing. Just for now, I'm Oh, hello. So, what to talk on? I'm going to talk today on subtle anatomy. Yeah. Okay, so I'll often refer to it as the metaphysical. So it's my word for the subtle anatomy. Alrighty then. Now, chakras. Interesting, aren't they? It's like it sort of came across with the um, Indian tradition. Not Native American, I mean Curry Indian, you know, um, I don't know how else to say it, the Raja Indian. Anyway, it sort of came across when that philosophy came across, when people started studying with the gurus. I mean, the Beatles were big news. Anyway, this whole chakra system sort of really became big and um, was given merit. You'll see in the Bible, they talk about the seven seals. That's often referred to as the chakras. So the chakras do appear in different writings, literacy, religious, law, etc. throughout time. When I first started learning all the energy work, it was all about the chakras. Yeah, I dig it. I could see them. I could feel them. They definitely had merit. In pranic healing, you clear, clean each chakra. Yeah, all right, it was all good. When I went into the dark room in Thailand, I had the experience of my memories returning and also feeling the chakra system as an installed unit. Installed and harvesting. Yeah, I said it. Okay. So let's break down some of this romanticism that goes with the chakras, shall we? So the first time I learned about chakras, it was the classic seven chakras, base, sacral, you know, the drill. Well, if you don't, look it up. But anyway, <clears throat> so that basic seven seemed to cover a lot of things. You know, it seemed to explain a lot of things and make sense in what I was learning. At the time, I was also learning meridians. Now, meridians for me really made sense. I could see, sense and feel the energy. I could feel when they were tangled. I could feel juju in them. Yet these chakras, even when I was working with them then, they always felt external, right? And it was also taught that they were the interface about how the physical body received or took in energy and fed itself. Okay, so here we go with killing a few Santas. 
when my memories returned and when I remembered my experience of the chakras being an installed system, I really couldn't wait to get rid of them quick enough. So in saying that, removing them, right, well, that was quite the ordeal, but doable. I've got it to a fine art now. It's part of our consciousness warrior training. But removing it, each of the chakras will have geometries associated with it and seals. What is that? So the geometry will be where there's a vortex, a vertex, the two angles meet. There's a vortex and that extracts energy. Over that vortex, you'll see, sense and feel a seal. This seal denotes who owns this energy or who it's appropriated to. So when you remove all this stuff, that's part of what you've got to take with it. The contracts, agreements, allowances, the consequences for removal, kill shots, blah, blah, blah. It's quite the adventure in consciousness. But in saying that, in removing that shit, that seven chakra system, wow, shit freed me up. Things that I thought were like ailments, aging, uh, repetitive patterns, thought forms. Um, physically, I felt a difference removing them. So I always ask when we're doing session, you know, do you want the chakras? I take them to feel the chakras. If they have the epiphany like I did, shitballs, get rid of them. I do it in a heartbeat. If not, you can hold on to them. Your choice. Now, when I was learning with Drunvalo, he advocated for the 13 chakra system. So Drunvalo's teaching is an Egyptian ad adaptation and it has 13 chakras. Now, this really appealed to me. It made sense because there was a chakra here that I was feeling in people and it didn't or wasn't covered in that whole seven chakra sequence. So the chakras there are the same width apart as the eye width, which is roughly 7.23 centimetres. So it starts at the base and then it moves up and you'll find that when it gets to here, here, here. Anyway, diagram. So, so for me, in working with this 13 chakra system, didn't show up on everybody, but I still like looked for it. And those who did... They inevitably had a real connection with the Egyptian dreaming slash Atlan Ra. Now, when I was taught this, I was taught that you either have the seven or you work with the seven or you have the 13 and you work with the 13. Now, knowing what I know, that the chakra systems appropriate energy, perhaps that was the ownership. Whoever had ownership, shall we say, over the seven chakras is a different set of groovers that have ownership over the 13 seals. Interesting, huh? Anyway, that's my practical experience. One thing I noticed when we used to work with this chakra, so I'm pointing over the thymus now, was it went, whenever we worked with it, taking out guilt, blame, shame, changed the life. Often when they were in emotional states, taking the energy out of this centre would calm them down in a heartbeat. Right? Just amazing shit. So I'm not discounting chakras. What I'm talking about is what they're there for. Who put them there? How do they work? 
and where do they go? Where does the energy go? So again, in removing this chakra system, it has to come from all dimensions, all bodies, blah, 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 blah. So you get a complete experience. See, all these dimensions of dreaming, they all affect this dimension of dreaming, which in turn affects them. They're all inter, um, interdependent. hope that's the word. <laughs> so if you take it from here, it's still going there. If you don't take it from there, then any healing you've done in this body doesn't hold because it's still reverberating out in other dimensions of self. This is why we take it from all dimensions of dreaming. Well, I hope I'm making sense. Now, we talked about the chakra as being the interface between the physical and the metaphysical. Yeah, no, they're not. They can interface, but the true interface are the glands. Ooh, baby, the glands. They're inside the physical body and they all have different functions in the physical and the metaphysical. So the big one, of course, is the pineal. Everyone talks about the pineal. There's all this whole atrophy at adolescence and just so much fuckery around it. And honestly, I wouldn't be worried about calcification of the pineal. I'd be worried about the geometries in through and around the pineal that are affecting the lens through which it's interpreting light. Okay, rewind. The pineal reads, interprets, experiences light. That's light with a capital L, which is information. So it's reading information. If that information is being read through a lens that's co-opted with geometries and certain programming, then guess what? So is your information co-opted. So the first thing we do when we work with the pineal is see, sense and feel the geometries in, through and around it and remove them. Indeed. And you'll find that you start to see, sense and know things in a more profound way. And when I say profound, it's like nothing has a limitation. Suddenly, you're seeing through a multidimensional lens. Yeah. So, so the pineal for us is super important to work with, first and foremost. You can still remove the, like, you know, keep it physically healthy. Uh, aluminium, phosphates, Wi-Fi. They all affect the pineal. So, you know, etheric hygiene can be practiced. But the main thing for us is we keep tuning in to anything in through or around the pineal that can affect or skew or create a lens through which we're viewing the experience. Mm. Okay. I'm sure pineal will come up more and more. In fact, we use it. We, call, we have a thing called the pineal as a stargate, P-A-A-S. I know, it's a clunky name. But I don't know how else to, uh, to, 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 to describe it. Anyway, this pineal, if you're sitting in essence, you can allow the pineal to act as like an up periscope, if you will, and ask for the flavour of something, the, the essence of something. Uh, so the flavour of the essence of the moon, for example to colour your experience and then 
give you a read. The moon's a good one and Betty Basic because everyone knows the moon. <laughs> but it's very interesting what people come back with from sitting in essence with a clear pineal gland, what they actually come back with as an interpretation or an experience of how they've felt the moon with this stripped back or no lenses colouring their experience. Anywho, so yeah, the pineal. Now we talk a lot about with that pituitary. Pituitary is a gland that reads, understands colour and is inspired or activated by perceived beauty. Yeah, baby. Well, I say perceived because obviously my husband finds me beautiful and not everyone else does. <laughs> What's wrong with them? But what I'm saying is your own self-perception of beauty, not what the zeitgeist says is beauty. But, of course, again, what is your lens through which you are viewing? So when you combine the pituitary and the pineal together, there's a way, or when they both get activated in a certain way, you actually can see energy and read the energy, the colours, the aura. Uh, colour, in a metaphysical sense, holds information, it holds frequency and vibration. So it has information. Right? So we've got pituitary, pineal, hypothalamus, that reads sound sonic. How about that? It's a one-stop shop here in the head. So um, in reading sonic, they can sometimes be uh, subtle sound, like the physical ears don't hear it, but it's a sonic that reverberates throughout the reality. It's really quite interesting when you get into it. So each of the glands, when we work with them, we always check the geometries. We always check for compromise, internal entities, energies. I mean, all that stuff's in the healer, which is a modality you can do by itself or as part of the consciousness warrior training. Okay, thymus. Oh, we'll go here. So the thyroids, that's a lot about coming home. I've seen that when a lot of women awaken, what happens is they get thyroid issues. The thyroid is very much connected with Mu, the consciousness of the planet, so to speak. And um, that's been a really, really big impact for me because I've had the Graves disease. Well, I hope this isn't too, what is it? TMI for years. But yeah, I had Graves disease, which is all to do with the thyroid. So I feel like I can speak with quite authority on the thyroid as it's been such a bee in my bonnet for quite some time. Anyway, so we're talking about this is a grounding system. It's a sense of home. I often find that when this area or this gland starts to near, lineage becomes apparent. It's really interesting. Anyway, um, moving along, we could look then at um, thymus. I'm just thinking, will I go into each of them? It's a bit boring, really, isn't it? It's a bit... Anyway, so thymus we work with with the immune system. That's this one. Interestingly, I always see when guilt, blame, shame is trapped in the body, as soon as you start to remove it, it's amazing what ailments leave the body or how the body improves or how the digestion even improves because that gallbladder is not pushing down some resentment. 
<laughs> Something to note, all of these glands that I've just spoken of all correspond to a chakra in the 13 chakra system. They can also be said of the seven chakra system too. But anyway, just something to note, huh? That's an interesting pick I've added with that. So it's a chakra system with a tetrahedron around it. Wow. <laughs> I mean, there was a time when that was something I was really into because I was told it by trusted teachers. Not having a go at them, but what I'm saying is I just took the diatribe. What I'm trying to get you to do is to have your own experience and make up your own mind. I'm presenting an alternative point of view through my own experience wisdom. I don't give you dogma and tenet. I really don't give a fuck what you think. What I will do is show you how to drive the car. That's what I'm interested in. wasn't really planning to bring forward the macabre stuff today, but let's just touch on it, shall we? So as you can see in that picture, there's a tetrahedronal geometrical shape. A lot of people get what a macabre is mixed up. The macabre itself are counter-rotating fields of information. They then are imprinted with a geometry. The geometry holds the programming. And this geometry can allow the being within <laughs> to move through realities, create realities and experience realities. Now, when I was in the dark room and I looked across and I knew it was Johnny and I saw him and I saw this system and I also saw the tetrahedral macabre and I knew it was the cage. That's when I had that realisation. I started to really see, sense, know, move further into what was going on with the macabre technology. Anyway, let me just read this for you from my glossary of terms on macabre. Within the construct, the matrix holds dimensions of dreamings, realities, whose frequency can be viewed, experienced, modulated via the geometries of the macabre that hold and transmit intended instruct and interpretation of a reality and experience. Whoever creates the macabre programs the macabre. Whoever sets the programs, the geometry, makes the roles, the rules and the agenda. These macabres need to be powered. They need energy to be fed and to continue to be alive. Macabres themselves are entrained, counter-rotating mental and emotional frequency fields, attuned to and synchronised by different ratios, each ratio creating, accessing a different expression of reality, unified and instructed by a geometry which holds the programming authored by its creator. Huh? <laughs> Rewind. Basically, it is a formalization of setting energy. It's set in place with an emotional reaction that acts as the magnetics. And often you're not always aware that you've become involved with the macabre. Because you've become involved, that's implied consent from their end. Therefore, Power on. Actually, in my cards, their number, I think it's number 20, is macabre. 
And there's a big explanation of this in um, the cards, which, by the way, we have a date. Don't need them. They're coming in October. Finally. In summary, a macabre then is not the geometry itself. It's not that stellated tetrahedron. That's not the macabre. It's a macabre configuration. Dig it? So the counter-rotating fields is what makes the macabre and then the imprint of the geometry on top holds all the programs. That stellated tetrahedron is a big macabre, a big holding pattern program macabre in this reality. But it's not the only one. There are other, there are other counter-rotating fields that have other geometries imprinted on them and they will lead you into a different experience of reality or a different interpretation of it. So these macabres need to be powered. It's, think of them as like a thought form, a concept that needs some energy to run it. Well, that's where you organics come in. They get you all riled up and all excited and emotionally lock and loaded. It's quite clever, isn't it? Anyway, that's in um, the cards as well. And it's also in the memoirs and the initiate. I'm so excited to finally have it all out there. So, you know, you guys have background in what I'm saying. It's not just what the fuck is coming out of her mouth now. So, look, we've touched on a few things in this little chat. We've got the subtle anatomy, chakras, glands, macabres. But we'll expand as we go. If you want to know more background, go to Sekhmet, I think it's a dash, anyway, I'll put it up. Go to SekhmetSpeaks.com, there's a blog there. Type in anything you want to know and um, up it comes. There's writings and also video logs, vlogs, so modern, um, on the subjects. Or go to Eye of Ra and you can join the mailing list to be informed when the forum opens. That'll happen when the cards arrive. With the cards, there's also a set of runes. And the runes become sigils when you activate them by creating them yourself. Uh, there's many ways to do that. That's what the forum's for. We'll work together with that um, format and expand on the deck and the runes of Ra. So exciting. Anyway, stay tuned. Be connected on whatever medium you've picked me up on this time. And um, see you when I'm looking at you.